Hello, I'm Stuart Childs and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With changes in legislation around the prescription of dry cow antibiotic which came into force in January of this year, I spoke with Willie Buckley, veterinary surgeon and managing partner at the Riverview Veterinary Group in Bandon. Willie is also a member of the Animal Health Ireland Cellcheck Technical Working Group, so is very well placed to talk about the change in the legislation. I started by asking Willie to explain how the change to the way in how he can prescribe will impact on how farmers approach drying off in 2022. There's been a major change in how antibiotics or how vets can prescribe antibiotics. Vets can now only prescribe antibiotics if they know that there's infection there. So instead of in the old days where we used, we treated all the animals with blanket dry cow therapy with antibiotics in it. No, it's the opposite. We will need evidence to show that a cow is infected before we can actually prescribe an antibiotic for that cow. So instead of treating mastitis as a whole herd problem, we will now be viewing it as a cow problem. So every cow uh, has to be shown, any cow that wants to, that needs antibiotics at drying off will have to show signs of infection in, the, in that lactation. So there will be a lot of cows will have no evidence of infection. They will not be able to get an antibiotic dry cow tube. Okay, so that's... Um, and what's driving that then, Willie? What's the reason for the change? Why is the legislation after changing? like? Well, the legislation has got to do with uh, antimicrobial resistance. And it's, it's, this isn't an Irish thing. This is a worldwide um, push to only use antibiotics where, when they're needed and where they're needed and as much as is needed at the time that they're needed. So there's no more use of antibiotics in a preventative basis, which is what was done in the old days. So let's say you had 100 cows in the old days. The old days mean last year. Okay? So, so the old days was last year. This is this year. So the new days, now in the old days last year, you had 100 cows. You would give 100 cows antibiotics, but there might be only 25 of those cows have had signs of infection or infection in that lactation. So in the new days, no you will only be able to give antibiotic probably to those 25 cows. That's how it's working. So the other 75 cows in the old days got antibiotic and they had no infection there. So that led to resistance or it, can, it could lead to, lead to resistance uh, from bacteria to those antibiotics. And they're trying to save. And the other reason, they need to save uh, valuable antibiotics for human medicine to treat infections in human beings so a lot of medicines, a lot of antibiotics are, are being removed from use for vets, uh, for food animals to allow them be kept because there's an increase in resistance of bacteria to antibiotics. So they need to keep the stronger antibiotics to treat these infections for humans. OK, so it's it's very similar. It's, it's kind of moved now from, we'll say, pigs and poultry would have been using a lot of medicated feed in the past. They've been stopped doing that. It hasn't destroyed their industry the same is true for dairy farming basically no like we can we can actually do this and you have a number of clients that have been working with you in relation to doing sealer only uh, dry cow strategies in the last number of years how successful has it been for them so far yeah we i would say we probably have 20 to 30 percent of our clients have have tried and continue to use selective dry cow therapy which means say as a typical hunter cow herd some of them might only give antibiotics to 40, 50, 60, or 40, 50, 60% of cows might only get sealers and the other 
20, 30, 40% will get antibiotics and sealers. So what they do, uh, so the clients that have used it, it's been a it's been a steep learning curve for them. Okay, I, I, it is. You have to be very, very hygienic when you're doing your drying off procedure. You have to mind your cows before you dry them off. You have to be very careful when you dry them off if you're only using sealer, and then you have to be very careful with them after. So we have clients that have been using selected dry cow therapy for four and five and six years and are very, very happy to continue using it. And we have some clients that are probably up to 70, 80% uh, sealer only in their herd, which is great. And the other added benefit of all of this is that when they do use antibiotics on infections, then the antibiotics seem to work uh, better on the infections that are there because they haven't been treated by any other antibiotics along the way. So every farmer that uses selective dry coat therapy, I would say every fellow that I deal with has said they're actually easier to cure after because they haven't had a broad spectrum of antibiotics um, treated the coat haven't been treated with a broad spectrum antibiotic. We have some fellas actually that have cows that have never got an antibiotic in their life, which is amazing. They'll be third, fourth lactation cows and they have never, ever got an antibiotic in their life. Yeah, it's very impressive. So like obviously you can relate to success stories there, but we'll say as a, as a practicing vet now out on the ground, while you have plenty of success that you can relate back to when you're trying to get uh, people to think about this sealer only scenario that's literally as you said the, the, in the new days now it's the new norm basically that famous term that's come out of covid as well um but what's uh, in in relation to your own position is it is it a concern for you in in the practice we'll say that everybody's expected now to go doing some proportion if not a, a, quite a large proportion of sealer only now this year like it will be a challenge, but it's a challenge that will have benefits at the end. Uh, let's say if you, I often say to fellas, uh, forget about mastitis. Say if you had 100 cows and you have 10 lame cows, okay? You actually pair those 10 cows and deal with them. You don't put the 100 cows to a crate and then see and try and deal with all of them. You focus on the problem and you deal with the problem uh, animals and you try and cure them. So it's the same thing with mastitis. You have to focus in, tune in on the animals that are infected. You have to find out they're infected as soon as possible. There is no problem accessing antibiotics to, for infected animals. No problem. And that's a big message we have to get across. If you can show cows are infected, we will prescribe and we will prescribe. It's our duty to prescribe appropriately. So it's important that we know uh, how long they're infected and what bacteria they're infected with. But we've no problem prescribing for cows that you can show are infected. So focus. So the, the big focus the fellas have to do is they're going to have to find out, uh, target the cows that are infected, find them as early as possible. And the earlier find an infected cow, the easier it is to treat. If you have a cow that gets a, an infection with a mastitis and it's subclinical, you can't see it. There's no signs of clots and you're not milk recording, that cow, in that infection in that cow is established itself for longer and longer and longer. So the longer it's in the other, the harder it is to cure. And then you have to use more antibiotics to cure it. So the big focus uh, for, the next, for the next few years and the focus of the fellas that do the selective dry cow therapy is diagnosing, finding the infection as early as possible. And then it's actually very easy to cure if you find it early. So that's actually early in lactation that you're talking about there now, really, as opposed to before drying off, even like it's 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 nipping it in the bud, literally, like. 
Correct. Like if a cow gets a, a bout of subclinical mastitis in June and you're not milk recording and you might milk record till September, October, and then you're trying to treat her with tubes or trying to cure her with antibiotics in the dry cow period, it's a lot harder. Whereas if she gets an infection in June with no clots, subclinical, and you find it in July, then it's way easier to treat. And you may you might only have one quarter to treat in the cow and she hasn't spread it to other cows. So the earlier diagnosis of the infected cow is crucial to all these. So it's a real challenge and it's a change in mindset for our clients. They're going to have to be more active in, in finding the, the cows er, as early as possible infection. And I suppose Joe, like there's different ways of doing that. And milk recording will be a key part to all of that. Okay, yeah. So um, like what are people going to do, Willie, where they don't have that now at the moment like obviously what you're talking about there now is identifying it early so we're talking about the people that have milk recorded throughout 2022 like what's what's the this is probably the real difficult question from your perspective as vets trying to prescribe here now like what are you going to do with the people that have no individual code data like so uh the onus on us is, is to only prescribe when there's evidence of infection so if there's no evidence of infection, we will not be able to prescribe antibiotic dry cold tubes. So the onus is now trying back on the farmer to have records so that we that can show the cows are infected. So you're saying to me, if a fella has no milk recording, he's two months away from drying off, he will either have to individually sample those cows and probably do it twice, maybe one month apart coming up to drying off. He can CMT to identify the cows uh, that are high and you can actually identify the quarter as well, which is the value of the CMT. But it will be difficult for us to prescribe on the back of a CMT done by a, a farmer. Technically, we should be doing that CMT if we're going to prescribe on it. So the key thing for any fellow coming up now is you're going to have to take samples off the coast, send them off, get them cell counted and do it twice before the dry period. So you have a better chance of finding, identify those codes that are high. So... Going back to my 100 cow herd, if you have 25 cows with infections, you probably only pick up 15, 16 them with one sample and you pick up an extra five or six or seven with the second sample. And then we'll be able to prescribe for your 25 cows the, the antibiotic dry cow tube. But if you have no evidence, we're not allowed to prescribe anymore. And it, that's that. That is the situation. That is the new norm, as you call it. There is no... There was, and that's prudent use of antibiotics because you need to. We need to keep these antibiotics for for food animals as well. Because if we're seen to abuse the, abuse antibiotics in food animals, they will take them away from us. And then where will we be? So we need to ha- keep as many antibiotics available to us, and um, so that so that we can continue doing what we do best. So then I suppose when it comes to when, when you're actually going down the route of prescribing or working with your clients there now in relation to sealer only, um, what information are you using? I suppose we've touched on it there now with the milk recording, obviously, to decide are they suitable for it? What cows do they choose to use or to submit for sealer only? Like, And I suppose the big question this year is we'll say for people that haven't done any at all, how many should they actually go doing? And we'll say, what kind of wriggle room have you potentially this year in relation to that now? Because you've actually said there now, you can't prescribe the antibiotic for cows that are okay. So if somebody's done no sealer before now, and if they have a very good cell count, we'll say, for example, because there are herds out there that are good at managing cell count and aren't necessarily milk recording, but which 
um, but which creates its own problem then I suppose from your point of view but so what so if we've 20 cows that have been identified as having problems and we have a person that has never done sealer only like that's a tricky scenario for ye to be in what what's the the scenario what is going to be the scenario for for that person like so, so Stuart the scenario is last year we, we were picking the cows that were putting sealer only into this year we're picking the cows that were putting antibiotic into it's the it's the opposite you're on the other side of the fence now so every cow should get going i suppose first principles uh you will be a very brave farmer now not to use sealer on all your cows okay yeah. unless you have exceptional housing exceptional history of not getting in trouble not using sealers you will be you will be a very brave farmer not to use sealer on all your cows so that's number one we would recommend sealer on everything so and going backwards sealer putting sealer into a cow has to be done so hygienically as as one of the lads always say it's a it has to nearly be done surgically it has to be done hygienically to the highest standard so that you're you have a cow there with a quarter that has no infection in it. You're putting in a few mils of a sealer, okay? So you need to make sure that teeth end is clean. You make, make sure everything you do is as sterile as possible. The procedure is well known. And you instill that sealer. And then you want to keep that sealer in that cow. And you want to keep her from getting any infection inside. So it is the drying off period. Going back, the recommendation is you should do, you should do no more than 20 cows at a day sealing them. So... You, that's it. If you do twenty cows well, it's better than doing forty cows half well, and you 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 will suffer next year if you don't do it. And this is this is what we you're going people are going to have to do. So going back, how do you select the cows? It'll be easy to select the cows that will be getting the antibiotics if we have any evidence to say that she has a high cell count. The other thing, clinical records. If you can say show me that these cows have had clinical mastitis uh, or, or um, clinical records. CMT probably done by a vet, milk recordings, individual somatic cell counts. Those are the kind of things that we will need to allow us to put the, do the antibiotic in those, uh, prescribe the antibiotic in those cows. Right, then moving on, I suppose you've explained about the hygiene around the actual process of um, infusing the tubes and so forth. How influential then are good, well-maintained, clean housing facilities to the success of sealer-only scenarios? What what I see is from the fellas that have done it before, okay, they are top-notch uh, uh, house. They have top-notch housing. Like you can't put a sealer, you can't put a sealer hygienically and sterilely into a cow and then throw out to a mucky field or leave a run down to the end of the, the farm swinging her other and the sealer coming out and uh, or bringing her in next this evening with the rest of the cows that are remilking and she pushes down a big load of milk because she thinks she should be milked. So the fellas that do best at sealer only. They put in the sealer hygienically, very calm with the cows, do one bunch, one stand at a time, one lot at a time, put all your stuff on one side of the parlour and do one lot of cows. Most farmers would have eight to 10 runs of of, 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 of milking. So you do one lot at a time, or maybe allow you do two if you're very good, but that's as much as you should be doing. So 25% of your herd is a lot of sealing to be done. And, you have to put them into clean, well, depending on the time of the year, if uh, if they're out, you want to put them into as dry paddock as you can, walk them out slowly and leave them away from the parlour as long as possible and keep a good eye on them. If they're inside, you have to put them into clean, dry, well-ventilated um, 
house with enough space for them. And they need to be the critical time when you dry off a cows the first seven to ten days. If you can, if you can get them over that crunch period, the next critical time for infection is when they spring up. So you're springing up is your, you know, your when they're bagging up to calve. So if you get them over the first seven to ten days, calm without fussing them up in as clean environment as you can, and you're doing the same when the cow comes up to calving. That's what you're looking at, and that's what the fellas do. They're they're religious about what about their dry cow housing. Religious. Okay, so like, you're happy enough that once the sealers put in properly, that if we do keep the hygiene side of things right and so forth that there's no need to go doing anything else in terms of teeth spraying before calving or anything like that that the sealer will do its job if you can keep your cubicle hygiene good keep your cubicles clean and as you said not over stock sheds will say whether they're going to be wet because there's so many stock inside in the shed that there's water dripping from the eaves like yeah so like if you look at the value i always say to fellas in uh, say when you had an antibiotic dry cold tube and a sealer, okay? The biggest value for the antibiotic and the dry cold tube is curing the infection that's in the other. So it's inside there for three, four, five, six weeks, and it kills the infection over time. But the vast value that you, the, the majority of value you get from an antibiotic dry cold tube is in the first three or four weeks. The, anti, the value you get out of the antibiotic dry cold tube as the cold is bagging up is only very small. It doesn't really prevent infection. It doesn't really do any of that. So the sealer is different. The sealer is designed to prevent any infection getting in. Now, if you put infection in with the sealer when you're going in, that's disaster. But the, the sealer, once the sealer is instilled in the bottom of the teeth, that should keep out anything else from going inside there, providing you don't mess her up or put her in an environment where she can pick it up. But the great value of a sealer, so I would say 50% of the value of a sealer is in drying off, but the other 50% is in the two to three weeks before calving because that's a block to any infection as the other is bagging up and getting big and there's milk going into it. That's a risk time for infection as well. But the sealer really comes into its own in those last two or three weeks because that prevents anything from getting in as well. So if you create the plug early, the plug will stay there until the calf sucks it out or you, or you suck it over the machine or you pull them. So it's creating the plug. And once the plug establishes itself, um, that is the glory of the sealer. Very good. So I suppose um, the for the people that are going doing this for the very first time now, what are, what, what are your recommendations to to do this correctly, we'll say, and to do it to the best of their ability for 2023 so that it doesn't become an unmitigated disaster, basically? So, okay, so find, okay, first of all, find what, uh, what cause that you have infected that you're going to use antibiotics with, okay? So there, treat them like you treat the cause previously, okay? So then... I would say on average, fellas are going to have 25, 30% of those cows that will get antibiotics. So you're talking about the other 70% that are that are sealer only. Like I would honestly say 20 cows maximum, you need to seal them as a hygienically. You need to focus on this because what you're protecting is next year's milk production. What you're protect, protecting is the future value of a cow. So every time a cow gets infection, you have a potential of damaging that other. So you, the sealer, and also during the dry cow period are drying off and bagging up. There are two critical times of picking up new infections. And they show any infections you pick up during those periods after drying off or bagging up. Sometimes they don't flare up until the first 30 or 60 days into lactation. And they've shown that, that they've, um, the cow might pick up the infection 
it can can rest in the other. And then when the stress comes on, when she's bullying or when she's hitting peak production, the the body, uh, the stress of bullying or whatever that like that, it causes a flare up of the infection. And that bacteria that went in a drying off or during the dry co period flares up then. So that's so it's a crucial time uh, to to keep things protecting next year's lactation. That's what you're doing, and especially with the price of milk, you've got mm-hmm. it. That is like. It, it'll be the single most important thing you'll do all winter. And, and I know I'm that without a doubt, it'll be your single most important action for your cow for the next year. Okay, so will you, I suppose just finally, just to try and emphasize the hygiene piece of it, from the TESA consults, we'll say, which people can avail of, obviously, through um, the government funding that's there for us, almost all vets in the country now will have a vet in their practice that will be qualified to to follow through on this and you've done a lot of this now in the last few years as you said you've clients there that are nearly up in six years maybe doing sealer only so you were one of the first vets that was doing this in terms of that like people another man's clean is another man's dirty as they say like what's your observations in terms of what people was there anything from the the taser consults that you would have taken away as being that people maybe thought that they had a cow's teeth clean before they were going and putting in a tube and that they like that was one of the main recommendations that you had to keep giving to people was like it's not clean enough like it looks clean but is it surgically clean like so the three things that I would have learned from farmers and um, why in these uh, tasses in these conversations is the number of cows you do if you do too many it's impossible to do a clean everything gets dirty everything like the cows outside in the stand you keep them there they start dunging after a while. So then you're trying to clean down that lot and you're bringing in the next lot. Everything starts getting dirtier and dirtier. So you have to do the whatever you feel or whatever has worked for you in the past is the number of cows you need to seal. Okay, that's one crucial thing. Now, the other crucial thing that all of these farmers do is they, they milk record, Stuart, I'll, I'll go on about it again. They will milk record. So they'll have a milk recording before they dry off the cow. And that'll be low if they're going to see their only. No, they will go to the first one or two milk recordings post-calving. And if they're going high and you have too many of them, you're looking at that. And say a farmer seals 70 cows and I see 20 of them have gone from low um, somatic cell count pre-drying off to high post-drying off. I said, there may be a problem in what you're doing here um, because they're getting infected either from the point that you took the last milk recording to the next point of the first milk recording, there is a problem. It could be a problem in how you're drying them off. It could be a problem with putting in the sealer. It could be a problem with dry co-hosing. It could be a problem with calving, box hygiene, pre and post calving, or your treatment of them in the first 30 days post calving. But if there's too many cows that you give sealer that are gone from low to high, you really, the first place to look at is your dry co- drying off procedure. That is the most likely time that you're going to put in infection. So these fellas are regimental in, they record on the milk record and you can record if a cow got seed, teeth sealer only, if she got antibiotic uh, tube only, or if she got both. So they go back, review the cows that got teeth sealer only. And if there's a higher proportion of them getting uh, going from low to high in the milk recording, they know something has gone wrong. If there's a higher proportion of them going high compared to the ones that got antibiotic, it's very easy to see it in the milk recording. The cows that got sealer only, a higher proportion of them go high, then there's something wrong with your sealing technique. And your sealing technique is crucial. And 
I, I go through ceiling techniques with fellas and fellas have different ways of doing it. But if the records show me that what they're doing is right and that they have very low infection from the last microcarnate to the first of the next lactation, I can say to them, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because you're doing it right. But if there's a problem, you have to find the problem there. So okay. that is that is the biggest. And you have to milk a card enough to get that more. The more often you milk a card, the more valuable information you get. But milk recording and uh, and hygiene is everything, 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 everything. They're, they are the two main things, I would say. Yeah, so pretty much um, records, 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 so be it cases of mastitis or actual milk data, obviously, coming from milk recording. Because no matter what way we go about this, when you're talking about individual cow sampling, the easiest way to do it is going to be through milk recording. So people can avail of the option there of doing recordings now before they dry off this year and continue to record next year. The idea of actually going and quarter sampling or or sampling individual cows now and sending those samples away, it's great in theory, but it's not as simple in practice really. Like so, it's easier to go down the route of of um, of a milk recording. I would say to, for people there. And then the other thing is that um, the whole hygiene, hygiene, hygiene. So records, 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 and hygiene, hygiene, hygiene are the kind of the key words in relation to this process. Like, yeah, I, you you that is what. The, the fellas doing selective dry coat therapy are fastidious about those two things. They'd be teaching me, uh, uh, telling me stuff that they do and teaching me things that they do. It's, it's you know, because they're totally focused on it. And if you're focused on something, you will get a solution to it. Farmers are brilliant. If they focus on something, they will always get a solution to it. It's just that it takes focus and it takes um, it takes effort. And all the effort has been thrown back on, on the farmers now. But the one thing I'd say is the return for the effort is brilliant. Like we have fellas maintain their cell count. Like the worst thing about high cell count or mastitis is the hassle it causes you and dumping milk. And like dumping milk this year is not a thing you want to be doing with the price of milk and the cost of producing it. And next year it's going to be, it's not going to be any difference. So the cost of dumping milk so is 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 not going to change for a long time so it's the hassle of having mastitis so the effort that you put in will will easily be returned yeah so like i often say in relation to vaccinations etc as well like that you can do these things on your own terms and drying off the cows is a bit like that as well whereas if you have cell count problem next year like you're trying to handle it in the heat of battle really like and it's a stress it like where you and I have both seen farms that have been involved with high cell count issues throughout the throughout the full lactation, really, because when it, it gets stuck into a herd in the springtime, it's very hard to shake it off. Like, and you alluded to that earlier, like trying to nip it in the bud. But the levels of stress that farmers uh, undergo as a result of that it cannot be underestimated. Like we, and it's something that people will need to be very conscious of now uh, that that hygiene piece. Because the tendency is, I suppose, we're winding down now as we kind of move towards Christmas, we'll say, at the point of drying off. And that, like you said, there are people just lack focus, maybe potentially. And dry cow tubes have potentially been getting people out of that uh, or, or masking that lack of focus, maybe. But it's just to be tuned in when we're doing this, being prepared for it and being organized to do it and doing it correctly. And there's plenty while well, there's plenty of risk associated with it there's opportunities in it as well as you said less um problems curing cases and so forth into the future as well and obviously the big benefit and why it's all there in the first place is to try and reduce that resistance that could be developing in places too yeah so look we will be reducing 
all farmers will be reducing their antibiotic usage by 50% on most farms. And it will be the same with um, dosing as well. All dosing, all antibiotics will be reduced by 50%. And we have fellows that have done it with no deleterious effects on the farm whatsoever. And in fact, a lot happier farmers, a lot happier cattle. And, you know, it, it is, it is, it is, it does pay the effort that you put into it. Stuart, you were, you're worried about the situation uh, in regard to a huge changeover to sealer only on farms that aren't used to it. Okay. So I'm not as worried about that because what I see is, okay, you might not cure a few cows over the dry cow period that you would have cured in the past, but you'll still have a lot of clean cows that are going to be clean that the antibiotic in the dry cow tube was doing nothing for, did nothing for 70% of cows it did nothing for. So there might be a slight increase at the start of lactation for a couple of those cows that you didn't cure over the dry cow period because you didn't know they were infected. So if you act early then and chase them down with sampling or paddling or individual somatic cell counts and from the jars or wherever you want to do them, you will get on top of that infection. And I, I actually don't have worries. Farmers will respond to the challenge of doing this. And once they see... We got you and me always get the calls. My cell count is rising. That's a great call to get rather than the call. My cell count is at this, you know. Yeah. So if you're monitoring the, for looking for the rise, you're in a great position. But if it's at a big figure by the time you get there, that's trouble. So you have to monitor and look for the rise in cell count. So that's the biggest job farmers will have next spring is watching for any cell count rising and trying to find the, call, the root cause for it. Okay, super, Willie. So thanks very much for coming on today and talking to me. And if people want to know a bit more about this, they obviously can attend some of the um, selective dry cow therapy events that are going to be on over the next two weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, they're dotted around the country and you should be after getting notification from your co-ops in relation to them. You can hear more from Willie and myself at some of those events. We'll be at some of those. So thanks a million, Willie. Appreciate your time. And uh, I always enjoy talking to you. So thanks for coming on. Thanks, Stuart. Take care. All of us. Bye-bye. That's all for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to Willie Buckley for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Stuart Childs and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.